0: Good morning and welcome! This episode is about to get started, but before that, a few things you should know. First of all, this show is brought to you for free. To support, please consider sharing the episode with your friend, leaving a great review or signing up for my bi-monthly top 5 email. What is it? It's a free email that I craft twice a month and send out to thousands of you where I share what inspired me recently books and film that had an impact on me, but also gear and tips and things I've been thinking about lately that really impacted me in a way. If you too want to join in on the fun, please visit ptl.fm forward slash top five, top five, and you will be in for the next edition. Now, last but not least, all podcast show notes are available at ptl.fm forward slash podcast. Thank you so much for being here and let's get started. Good morning podcast and welcome to the Piatti Lambert Show. You are in the first episode of 2020, so let me wish you all the best for this year. I hope all your projects will go through and that you will have a blast through it. Remember, the process is the most important part. Now, with that being said, we're gonna start this year with an amazing podcast that I've been waiting for for a very long time. I finally made it happen. We finally made it happen. It took two. My guest today is Chelsea Yamase. If you might know her as Chelsea Kawai on Instagram. I've come to discover Chelsea's work while I was on the war tour with my wife and we always felt there was a huge authenticity in whatever she was sharing. It was not only visually attractive with beautiful photos, but also the message behind it was strong and impactful. That is exactly why I wanted her to come on this podcast, share her story, and share how she got started in life. Chelsea is not only a photographer, a model, a visual artist. She's also an adventurer that travels around the world. She literally inspires us and makes us discover new places to explore. And most importantly, she encourages us to experience the outdoor experience nature. So this episode is going to be packed with value and at any point if something resonates with you please tweet us, Instagram us and let us know in the comments or anywhere possible how you're feeling, what is the most impactful part of that conversation because we're going to be talking about her story. How did she actually leave her longtime dream of becoming an architect to lean into something that was unknown, uncertain, and had no direction at the beginning? How did she actually get to where she is today? What were the struggles? How did she overcome those? That is a part that will really speak to a lot of you in my opinion. And then we're going to be talking about creativity. Where does she find creativity? How does she use it? And how does being more vulnerable and sharing how you really feel with the rest of the world actually helped her in her career and in her community? Long story short, this is a dope conversation. I think you will love it. I suck at intros. Let's get started. Let's welcome Chelsea to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Chelsea.
1: I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy that it finally worked out.
0: I know, right? Uh, first, like before we start anything, I really want to thank you for taking you the time. That's the only thing we cannot buy in life. So thank you so much. And um, I kind of wanted to share with you that I was actually checking my notes that I, I take for a podcast. And I realized I had a list of guests I wanted from October 2018. And I wrote down Chelsea after a bunch of other cool people. And I wrote Chelsea, uh, uh, parenthesis, wrote it in the comment asked in the comments. And so now, yeah, I just discovered it. So a year and a half later, this is happening.
1: I love that. And that just so speaks to like the power of perseverance and to like always asking, you know, and I really appreciated how you have. I know you've asked me a few times and I actually told you, I was like, you know, I just don't feel like... I'm ready, or I was kind of thinking about starting my own podcast. And you were so um willing to, you know, help me through that journey and stuff. And and then you finally asked, you know, what was it a few days ago, one more time? And I was like, you know what? That sounds fun. Let's do it. So yeah, yeah as a message to everyone out there, just you know, it's 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 putting in that that time and perseverance, and you never know when you're gonna get the yes. So I'm yeah, I'm happy. I'm so stoked to be here.
0: Well, on, on that topic, it's a little difficult because and maybe you can share your experience and you can be honest, I don't care. Um, There is always a point where I'm like, is it too pushy to ask again or is it normal?
1: Oh, that's a really good question. And I think part of it is the way that you approach it. Um, Like yours have always felt very much like... um, that it wasn't, like, something that you felt I was obligated to do. You know, you said, hey, this is this is something that I do that I'm really passionate about. I would love to have you. Um, but, you know, those requests were made, like, months, if not, you know, years apart. And so it kind of gave that space and time for growth and for it to not feel like an imposition or to not feel, uh, yeah, just kind of, like, overly aggressive. I think if if someone's sending, you know – multiple multiple dm requests uh all in the span of one week or quite a few emails and uh it's just gauging that process and knowing that you know it does sometimes take weeks months years for these things to align and to feel good for everyone um so yeah i guess you just have to kind of be mindful of that and that's a really good question
0: yeah i imagine you must have a lot of dms um and, and a lot of them must be requests so uh, I appreciate your answer. It It does um, tell that it's okay to uh, ask, I guess, if if you space it out or, or make it like not pushy. Um, on that note, a lot of people I, I know try to get either to me or to other people and, and they ask questions right away. And I feel like, and that's something that I try to be mindful with others, you know, especially like, for example, you or or people with like very big audiences like you do. It's I know having like a eighth of that audience, how it feels already to have those requests. So I'm like, how can you make it so that it's actually an enjoyable, almost enjoyable experience for the (laughs) other?
1: Yeah, completely, completely. Um, Yeah, so you kind of know um, how it is. And I think it's also taught me to just be, um, you know, like how they say the power of no, but how to do that in a way that is, really honest and really truthful and really compassionate and i used to think i had to kind of make a bunch of excuses or that you know it just didn't feel right to tell this person i'm busy because really busy is just a reflection of our priorities right so it's yeah never that you don't have time everyone has time for things that they care about um and and finding ways to express that like hey this thing that you're asking of me just isn't in alignment with the, with my top priorities right now. And, and, you know, maybe here's another resource or here's a person that could help you or just a plain, like, I'm really sorry. I just can't commit to that. Um, yeah. And and learning to try to do that in the best way possible. Um, and it's really freed me up to, to pursue and to put time into those things that I actually truly care about. Um, and I find that people in general are just really, uh, they appreciate like that candor and that, that, you're not just kind of giving them some weird paltry excuse that doesn't feel quite right. You know, you're just being honest. Like it's just not for me right now. And, and that's, I think that's something that we can all get better at (laughs) in our daily lives.
0: Yeah, definitely. And everything you take, every time you take from one thing is taken from another, which you might enjoy more. Uh, Do, can we roll reverse that one? Do you have throughout your career, someone you try to reach out to or, or a situation like that, that that you would think of that really helped you in the looking after it?
1: Ooh, you know, okay, off the top of my head, I'm going to go with no, only because I haven't really done, I, I hadn't done like a lot of, um, you know, outreach in terms of to bigger photographers or bigger, bigger social media influencers, because this was just such a path that I didn't expect that I didn't even know that I like needed mentorship at the time, you know, um, I didn't have one of those, those types of goals. Um, it just kind of happened and the things started rolling and, um, I, I had to just kind of find guidance along the way. I'd say the only time I made a list like that was actually when I was thinking about, okay, if I were to start a podcast, who would I want to have on as some of like my, you know, top guests and things, um, And actually, uh, one of them was Chase Jarvis, who runs like another creativity podcast. And it was crazy that the first podcast that I've ever been interviewed on was on his. And I I said yes to his podcast um, not too long ago. So, yeah, it was kind of like a, a weird full circle thing that that happened for me.
0: That that was awesome. I saw that in your stories. That's when I was like, "Oh, maybe I'll ask her again." <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> you caught me at a good time. I was like, "Oh, podcasts are actually fun. Let's do this."
0: <laughs> That's awesome, uh, Chelsea. You you just mentioned like that thing started rolling. Why don't you tell us a little bit, uh, maybe, of your original story? Like, what's what's volume zero in your hero's journey? What where did you start on Earth?
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so in this, you know, narrative story arc, it's it's less of a um beautiful hero's journey and more of a like very, very, very roundabout <laughs> way of everything coming together, as is all you know, as are all things in life. Um but I really just laugh when I look back on on my journey. It looks like a, a bowl of spaghetti. Um but it essentially I I always thought I was gonna be an architect. That was my dream. And that was what I thought I was going to do. I got early accepted into architecture school. I was, um, that was my entire life. And after a year, I basically realized it wasn't for me and it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, And so, yeah, I went through quite a hard time for a few years of, you know, working multiple jobs, doing different uh, courses and classes and community college and just kind of very much at a loss of what my life was going to look like. I knew certain things that I cared about. I was like, oh, you know, I really, really want to travel. And I really want to, um, you know, like I, I, loved the arts. I loved graphic design. That was a big part of my life. And, but I just didn't see it. I just didn't see it as a viable option at that time. Um, and it's like funny to think that now, but it, it really just didn't seem like an option for me. um, And so, yeah, I ended up doing um, quite a few different things, but eventually I was doing journalism school and uh, also working as a graphic designer uh, on the side. And that was right around the end of college. And it just so happened to be right around kind of that, you know, semi-starting point of social media. And I was sharing different things about nature and the outdoors and just my life here in Hawaii. And yeah, it, it, it really all started when I started free diving. I had a friend that was getting into underwater photography. I was just getting into free diving and I started sharing those images and it was kind of like, Whoa, now this has, you know, 500 people saw this. That's crazy. A thousand people. And I'll, I'll kind of never forget that moment where, um, yeah, I had, uh, you know, like a thousand likes on a photo and I was like, this is so odd, you know, especially for a girl who, <laughs> who comes from a really small island. Like, this island is tiny. It's, like, 25 miles wide, you know. Um, uh, and, and, and it was just, yeah, a very, like, strange feeling. And I never really expected anything from this. But it, it just sort of kept, yeah, it sort of kept growing from that point until, I think it was about a year and a half later where I was – I was still working full time, but I kept taking all these, you know, breaks to do these photo shoots or to do little, um, little travel jobs and things. And I I distinctly remember having a conversation with a girlfriend and saying like, you know, like, I I think like, I just feel like I'm really dividing my time a lot and it's really hard for me. Maybe I'm just going to like try this social media thing for a little bit. And, um, and you know, and she always reminds me of that conversation she's like imagine if you hadn't have done that like you were so uncertain and i was like yeah i know what who that's just crazy to think i almost didn't do it you
0: know <laughs> that's uh um i want to get back to uh, on a few points you just mentioned because For i think sure. that's that, that's awesome how how you got into it and and well the first thing that really pops in my mind and the reason that I kind of dig into the, the story is because I think it gives context as to where you are now and who you are and what you share because it's so easy with social media or, or even let's let's dumb social media. Like you take any book, and any newspaper, you look at someone and you think you know everything about them just from that article. But what yeah. you miss out is the whole background story. Mm-hmm. That's why maybe you told it a thousand times. I just like to give a little bit of context. And I picked up something you said, when you had your dream of being an architect, and and after when you kind of cr- not not it crushed, but uh, crashed, sorry, but you were saying that it didn't occur in your mind that art or or that was even an option, or what you're doing now was even an option. Do you would you have any clue why was it uh, because of the way you were raised or the environment you're in, or or why was it not an option for you?
1: I think for me it was two things. So first of all, to give context, this was in like 2006, you know. Um I don't even I don't even think I was I was about to start uh I want to say I had like an iPhone 3. Like social media just like wasn't Yeah. It wasn't present the way it is now in our daily lives. Media wasn't present in the way it is in our daily lives. Um and so because I didn't, you know, we 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 really need people to like model different life paths for us. I think it's very hard for us to kind of like imagine things outside of our normal sphere of thinking, or at least it was for me. And so because this wasn't a life path that I had seen modeled for me in any type of, like in any capacity, uh, it was just like didn't occur to me that like I could have something where I worked for myself and I traveled and I made money and I got to, um, promote sustainability and talk about things that I care about. You know, I didn't know a single person who ran a podcast. I didn't know a single published author, you know, like it just, it's just such a different. Now I have a bookshelf of 15 books that are written by my friends. It's so much more accessible now than it was whatever that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I guess when I was in that stage of being a teenager and figuring out what the heck to do with my life. Um, So I think just, that like that gap in my um in having examples around me was a big one um and also i came from just my childhood was very much like um academic and you know the typical like really like looking up to like math and y- y- kind of like these traditional um paths i suppose and so it felt very just like inherently risky, I guess, or just it didn't seem advisable to, to be like, oh, to be a graphic designer or something of that nature seemed a little bit like, ooh, that, that seems scary. You know, um, mm-hmm. I didn't really think of it. I just, I so valued like high academic achievement and, and those things that it really kind of in my own mind, I think just narrowed my realm of possibilities.
0: Got it. That that makes sense, uh, especially 2006. I f- I feel like the world has changed so much in 15 years, not just ourselves, but if I look at at smaller cousins or whatever what they're exposed to and the options they get exposed to is immense. Back in and maybe it's the same for you, but in France we have a saying, it's like struggling artists where like artists are starving basically. And uh, (laughs) so when I was raised, it was very similar, where it was like, get good grades, get a good job. Um, If you want to be an engineer, be an engineer. Maybe you should be a doctor or whatever you want to be. And I remember one day having like a mind shift towards, actually, I could do something else. But it was later. It was like 2014. Uh, It took me a while, yeah. But <laughs> no, it also I remember took me a
1: while, and and I had so much. I don't know if you experienced this, but I had so much, like I don't know, like guilt and weird, um, almost like an embarrassment when I first started pursuing more things like photography and things that were creative, because in my friend group, like not that they weren't supportive, but it was just sort of like, oh, like that's what you're gonna do with your life, like, huh? It, you know, it just it didn't. It didn't seem like it mattered as much as, say, yeah, being, being an engineer, being a doctor, or these other types of um, very well respected life paths, and that was really hard to to kind of, move, and and to be proud of like the path that I've taken now. And like you said, it's changed so much even in the last five years that I really don't feel that way anymore. And it's quite normal to have a deeply creative life, but. Uh, yeah, at that point, it it was definitely a a little bit of a struggle for me.
0: Yeah, I can I can imagine. And that's awesome. I read somewhere because I did what every great uh, podcaster did, which means I googled your name before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, but I did read somewhere that, uh, and I did Google your name just to see. Uh, you were talking about a trip that you took to Europe, mm-hmm. and I was wondering was there a specific moment for example during that trip where you felt like you were changing completely direction and you you felt like you had a direction that you were going to lock in and go into because something that i feel a lot of myself and included and maybe other people uh, whether you're a photographer or or just anyone in general feel like every time you start taking a direction you always have doubts as is it the good one and then you you have more options do you remember did you have a feeling at one point where you're like, I'm going to go in that direction and that one only?
1: No, I don't think I had that moment of clarity. Gosh, that would have been nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think to this day, I don't think I've ever, I mean, I've, I've felt that more. I've felt that more in alignment now. But um, no, at that point, I think it was almost the opposite where I just kind of got to this point where I felt like super lost, for lack of a better term, and and what I was going to do. And, and it, it almost was like hitting that bottom point and just like going, okay, well, I don't know. I just really, I love graphic design. I love, I'd, I had always loved photography and cinematography. And I was like, I, I, to this day, I don't, I have no idea why. I just remember late night I was on online going, well, wonder if I went to like, you know, like Italy and did like design or something. And I just started looking up schools and I found one and I emailed them and they're like, oh, like the you know admissions thing closes and uh, it was like that week or something. Um, so yeah, it was almost more of a feeling totally lost and being willing to kind of like go out on the limb and just try something that I thought I might like. Um, that was really what started propelling me in that direction. And then it was just you know, little pieces coming together and coming together, uh, after that.
0: That's awesome. I love, I love how that, that, that works out, how life works out. It's, it's really cool. Well, I, I want, I want to, s- we're going to move into, to the photography and, and like your, your art and what you do today. But, um, while I was meditating this morning, I had that, that funny thought, uh, that kept kept coming because I was like, oh, maybe I have like questions coming up for the podcast. Yes, but, one that was reflecting on because I also had like a ton of video ideas dropping in my mind, and I was like, "You know what, dare to dare, And I was like, "Oh, that sounds so stupid, but it's in a way uh what you're saying is is almost identical where it's like we have very difficult time to dare because we don't dare daring if that makes sense. It's like you're putting that constraint into like, no, I can't do that, but what if what if you could like what would that look like?" and and then it's it's meaning it's like the first step into changing anything or imagining something new it's really giving yourself the liberty to even think about it and I feel that so many people just block themselves from it
1: totally totally well like we're taught to you know we're not really taught how to like manage loss and manage failure or all of these kind of like really scary emotions and so we like tend I think to play it very safe. And I, I'm only speaking from experience here because it's something I've done yeah. so, so many years of my life um, where, yeah, I haven't kind of like, like you said, like dared enough in in so yeah. many aspects of my life. Um, and I, I guess I always thought going into it like, oh, like the way will be clear and that I'll like know what to do or I'll know I'll feel ready and like that, just that point, like never really happens, you know. Um, and I love this quote. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Seth Godin, but he's an author that I really, yeah. really enjoy, yeah. And um, I think it was he said something along the lines of, like If you don't feel like an imposter, you aren't working hard enough. And
0: ah, that, yes, I remember that, yeah,
1: one. yeah. And I always, I was like, when I read that, I was like, Oh, so like, yeah, this uncomfortable feeling that I'm always feeling is just because I'm pushing into the edge of what I'm hoping for and what I want to do in the world and what I want to create. And so, yeah, that is that feeling in my chest, but it doesn't have to be, um, you know, it doesn't have to be a negative one. And and those are the places where I think offer us like the most growth and the most transformation is, is when we're daring yeah. on those outer edges.
0: And I guess no one teaches you that because everyone's lost lost anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's just they're, they're, it's like, like that like,
0: your parents have nothing <laughs> figured out when they when they have you in this form.
1: Exactly. <laughs> and like and it's like that's okay, you know? Like I think there's so much beauty in that. And there's so much beauty and like I have so many people that just come to me and they're like, I'm I'm unhappy and I'm lost, or um, you know, I'm such and such an age and I'm young, I'm old, whatever. Um and and the universal thread through that is we're kind of like, um, I don't know, we're almost like waiting for someone to give us an answer or give us permission in some sense, yeah. you know? And I I just write people back, I'm like, you guys, I am figuring this out as I go too, you know. There's no like there's no like angel that descends from the creative heavens and tells you how to do this um so yeah it's 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 fun we're all figuring it out and and those times that i think we feel the most pain or the most lost or the most whatever it is like those are like those are the gateway moments because the that's when you're willing to take a big risk is when you feel like you know it's not like when you're on top of the world, it's, you just want to kind of keep everything the way it is. And it's, it's when we're like searching and grasping and don't know what the heck to do. That is like, your container is empty and you're just, you're, you're ready to like receive all those, those new things in life. So I just try to tell people to be super excited about those moments that feel weird and uncomfortable.
0: Do you, um, um, I, I started feeling that, that way, um, I guess at one point in my life, but Something changed everything for me when I started looking at my life like a book or like a Mm -hmm. movie. And every single one of those experiences, good or bad, define my story, define my book, makes the movie interesting. The guy who is currently depressing for six months, that time, that moment in his life is the most important because it will define when he's 90. If he gets to 90, that's a moment he will remember as a turning point for something else you know and the moment i just switched that it was very interesting i i have a lot of imagination in my brain and i always said that rick and morty is like for me a a fun um a fun show where i felt like someone connected his own imagination to some tv screen and it just random shit appeared <laughs> on it and it just was fun to watch and i was like if i look at my life as a movie or as a story i actually feel it's easier to go through it because when it's hard you just tell yourself hey that's the hard chapter let's see what what we do with that one what's gonna happen to that character who is me you 100%. know 100 um,
1: that's such a good way to look at it and i think that kind of ties into like almost the meditation or like mindfulness way of looking and being an observer of your thoughts and feelings versus being like i am this thought or i am this feeling or i am this failure or you whatever it is so that's like such a beautiful way of looking at it um as yeah as like a book or a movie and it is i think um i don't know how old you are i think you know how old i am but (laughs)
0: um i actually don't know i'm
1: 31 um and oh same
0: 87 88 oh okay 87 oh yeah i'm gonna oh god Okay so yeah 87 here 88 as he know is old nice. age
1: folks i don't know no <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah and i think it, that is one of the gifts of age and of time is being able to look back at those chapters and uh you know moments in your life and they just i i they make so much sense to me now like i look back on yeah. being ultra sad and depressed and lost in certain phases of my life and and feeling like an immense sense of shame over being like a college dropout leaving architecture school or um just so many different things even you know heartbreaks or uh happy times and they all just you go wow they just all kind of make sense and I don't understand how you know it 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 works out this way, but it, it really does, especially if you can kind of just look at those and, and take the lessons from whatever it is teaching you. I think when we start to feel like we're going in circles is that's when we're just not quite learning and applying those lessons that, that are there to they're, they're there to teach us.
0: I see. Do you do you have a, a recent, let's say, turning point or like point where you felt like un at with it and and you felt like it wasn't right but you leaned into it Do, is there any recent that you would share and like just walk us through your process i'm i'm fairly curious yeah
1: for sure i mean there's been so many um i think <laughs> I, I yeah that. i i i'm constantly um constantly a work in progress but i'd say the most recent one was um separating from my, um, my boyfriend, Sam, and we had dated for about two years. He's also a creative. We traveled extensively together. We were living together. And, um, for various reasons felt that we needed to part ways, which was just like, you know, we had made videos together and photos together and done all these things together. Um, and, and I think a part of me was just like, you know, it's obviously very uncomfortable and very like just immensely, immensely sad to go through um, that 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 process of um, of you know splitting with someone that you love. But I was at this point in my life where I really, really trust, like they say, like trust the process. You know, and it's mm-hmm. actually. Um, you know, just led to so many really cool, beautiful changes in my life from really personal things. Like, um, it actually prompted me to switch and to try being vegan. And now that's been like a really cool part of my journey in the last few months that I don't think would have happened if I didn't like lean into this, um, you know, breakup. So that's kind of more uh, mm-hmm. on the personal side. I've gotten way more into. Uh, mindfulness and meditation because I needed those tools for myself coming out of that experience because it was like, it was very like heartbreaking. So I was like, okay, what are, what are, you know, how can I create some structure in my life so that I can really feel good? And, and now those are practices that I think will carry with me through the rest of my life. Um, But on like a more I guess, business level, since most of the people on here are polyphotographers, I had um, an experience kind of more in the beginning of my career where I was um, traveling full time with a photographer friend of mine. And this was when, um, you know, I wasn't as confident in my abilities with like photography and videography. And in my head, uh, like he, you know, he was kind of the creative. And I was just sort of there. And mm-hmm. so when it came time that like our businesses were going in separate directions and we, um, and our friendship were, was going in a different direction, um, I was so scared that I wouldn't be able to create on my own. Like I felt, even though like I already knew how to use a camera, I knew how to edit, you know, different things. I just felt very dependent on this partnership and on this, on, you know, on this collaboration And so in in that separation, I really had to step into my own in terms of like in terms of business, in terms of owning my creativity, in terms of owning my vision and being able to translate that to other people um, and not feeling like I wasn't capable of, you know, of doing that, of taking my own photos, editing them myself, doing all these um, steps that I really had always been doing, but I didn't. You know, I, I just, I was giving away so much of my creative power at that point and I didn't realize it. And so, oh,
2: yeah, so that was a
1: really interesting learning point where I was like, you know, I was so scared to, to stop that business partnership. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, my, like the quality of my work is just going to go way down and I'm not going to be able to like <laughs> do this thing and I'm going to have to find someone to like replace him and, you know, and my mind's going a thousand miles an hour. And and then to take that step back and say okay well no like i i am capable of of doing this these aren't skills that i can't I, I either learn or don't already have and so why do i not feel confident in my ability to do it myself you know um so that was a really really important
0: what g- what gave you that confidence like what 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 was the trigger that made you think i can do this
1: i think part of it was just I think part of it was like necessity and they say confidence is born through like through like through action basically and so because I was already in this place where I had to be you know putting out certain types of content and and doing um you know different photo shoots and oh my gosh yeah I was like I I did my first commercial shoot for by myself and I just remembered like scrambling. In the week before that, I was like trying to find anyone, (laughs) anyone to come on this job with me. I was like, please, just someone come with me. Like, I'm just so scared to do this on my own. And it was just one of those things where like, no one could come. It was last minute. And I had to just step into that place and be like, okay, like, I'm just going to have to try to do this. And then through that process of, of, you know, of doing basically came out the other side being, just that much, a little bit more confident, a little bit more confident until I, I realized, you know, for me fairly quickly, like, oh, okay, like, I'm not going to be perfect at this. I'm not going to be the, you know, like, the best overnight, but like, I am capable to a certain extent, and I'm capable of learning. So that was really, I think, a gift in disguise of, of forcing me to grow, because I don't think I ever would have, done it on my own I was just too timid you know
0: that's amazing um not well, that was the I mean it's amazing you
1: can do this you just don't know it yet and I was like I'm scared I don't want to and I just like and then they're like well you're going to so you know it's it was one of those moments for me
0: this is this is I feel this is so relatable for so many people especially in the creative space where we might have had a mentor, we might have had someone good next to us. And the moment you have to fly on, with your own wings, it's like, damn, I don't even know if I have wings. So I might just crash and die. But then you jump off that cliff and it might work out. So I'm I'm very happy that you shared that because um, I, I do receive a lot of messages because my YouTube channel is all about like photography and like how to get better or like I'm sharing my own adventures on photography. And a lot of people are like, can you look at my photos? Are they good? What do you think is missing? I feel like I don't have this. I feel basically people in general don't feel confidence enough in their own work or need external validation. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's totally, uh, in a way, I would say it's totally normal. Um, but being able to, to have that experience that you had where you get in a, let's call it bad situation, not bad situation, but not ideal and you come out like stronger with the good outcome. It's it's awesome.
1: For sure, for sure. No, I I love that, and that's I think one of um like one of my favorite videos that I've made has this quote in there where I say um, I want to be constantly practicing courage, and that's just something in the last few years that I've. This is
0: so hard. It's,
1: it's so hard, but it's so good. It's so good when you lean into that. Yeah.
0: I'm going to, I want, I want to dig into that because, okay, tell me what, uh, first you have what almost 900,000, uh, people following you on Instagram. (laughs) So just to give context to people and there is one thing, I don't know if I told you, maybe I, I told you in the past, but there is one thing me and I think my wife introduced me to your account the first time. Uh, that we always felt with you is a sense of authenticity, especially maybe when when it shifted m- less from your like just small work that was there or like shoots to like whatever uh, you want to call it nowadays, where it's like more of you. I don't know how to call <laughs> that, but where it's more of you. <laughs> and there was always that sense of authenticity. And and I would say that your caption, you always put a lot of effort into them. Can you Can you tell us, because I... Even me personally, it's just like, let's not try to say other people. I struggle sharing my own story. I struggle sharing my struggle because sometimes I, I might not even recognize them in a way where it's like, I just either get over them or I try to dismiss it. How do you? How did you come to share everything on, on your social media where you're more open and, and did you have a huge blockage or was it, how did you, how was it? Mm. Any tips?
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Well, I think for me, it was about right around maybe, I don't know, two, three years ago now. I don't remember even the exact timeline, but um, yeah, it was kind of that shift that you were talking about where it went from just kind of like, these are my adventures or these are my shoots or my travels um, to I, I just felt like quite burnt out internally with that whole process. And I wasn't like excited to, you know, be on social media and, and it kind of just was in this like weird funk with it. And I, I just realized that, um, it was kind of because I was putting myself in this little box where I was trying to be so, you know, just like outdoor adventure. And that was my brand, um, that it wasn't really feeling like a reflection of who I really was. Um, and that I think because I got into this all pretty much by accident, one of the blessings of that is, I don't really know how to do it any other way and didn't really ever think of it initially as a business it was just like oh this is just me and so I've tried to keep that as a like a through line through everything where if someone knows me in real life and they know me online like those two things are pretty like pretty pretty close to like who I am as a person Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I decided at that point that I was like, you know, the only way for me to be excited about this, or the only way for me to like, continue this in just a way that feels good and sustainable to me is to be able to be completely myself. And I'm naturally just a very open person. I love connection. I think part of that is because I, I grew up being really, really shy and not knowing how to connect with people and not feeling a sense of belonging or community. And so now that I I've cultivated more of those skills, it's just like the most beautiful thing in the world to feel connected to people and to feel seen and to make other people feel seen. So yeah, I think at that point I just decided like, hey, I'm just gonna really be open about everything. And and you know, I I just want to share things that I'm learning, things that I'm struggling with and not feel like i need to create this persona that's like oh look at her she's always traveling and always living this amazing life you know (laughs) um which is cool and like that's 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 great but i was just like no like i i just like there has to be more of a purpose behind it and and i think with anything no matter how fun it is no matter how much money you're making with it no matter no matter what like if you're not connecting to like some purpose like sense of purpose behind it it's just gonna start feeling draining and and so that's I think that's kind of that point that I hit and I realized like oh I really want people to leave my page feeling um feeling like really deeply empowered to strive for things in their life in this completely messy imperfect process and the only way for people to walk away feeling that way is for me to be thoughtful in what I'm sharing and to share that part of my process and to share part of that journey with them. When things are brilliant and vibrant and amazing, and when I'm just starting out and I'm shaking and scared and and you know and not as not as much knowing what I'm doing. And uh, I think once I started down that path, it became so clear to me how universal those feelings and emotions are um and it's become one of my favorite just like touch points i guess with people um is to just be that reminder for them that like you know like we said to like be practicing that um that courage and to just show up in the world as as your most authentic self because that is really you know your your singular gift to the world
0: that's that's um that's a great like piece of advice right there that i will try to integrate definitely i highly suggest anyone especially if they're trying to connect with others if they're just trying to share for sharing or for their personal um embellishment then we can't do much for them but uh, (laughs) if you're trying to connect with other people i think that's that's amazing
1: yeah and i mean social media is like a really interesting little (laughs) little beastie where um I think a lot of it is we come, you know, to social media for a few reasons, but I think one of them is for entertainment, um, which is totally valid. We all love to be entertained. Um, And I think one of them is for this, like, sense of connection. And so when people are just trying to share, you know, purely, like, photos, I think there's just such an overabundance of, like, beautiful things that don't really have any depth to them, um, that it's going to be yeah. really hard. Especially yeah, nowadays. Yeah, especially nowadays. Like, I mean, everyone has access to like, or I mean, most people have access to just such incredible levels of equipment and knowledge and, and, and you know, all those things that it is going to be very hard, I think, to stand out as, as a person or as an account or whatever that is, as a business, um, if your sole strategy is just to like, take really pretty pictures, um, or make really pretty videos or something, because that's kind of like only going to go so far and you have so much competition in that. Um, versus when you're sharing your unique voice or unique struggles or whatever that is, um, you're automatically like almost removing yourself from the competition because there's only you, you know?
0: Did did you feel, um, that there was maybe a, an increase of engagement, but a decrease of likability. When I say likability is likability of a post when you do those, but you know, you have deeper connection with the people? I'm, I'm kind of curious.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think there is definitely, so I have essentially sacrificed like growing really quickly or, um, you know, having higher engagement possibly or, um, Just different things in that sphere um, because I have opted for like other values of quality and and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the way that I share, it's just like you mentioned, it just takes so much more time um, to kind of go into my own thoughts and to digest those lessons and then to put it in a format that's maybe Um, applicable to other people and that they can learn from as well. Um, And so that it, I wouldn't say, I don't know. You can never know like what, what my engagement or whatever would have been or would be. um, But I think that um, in general, yeah, perhaps I haven't, um, perhaps I haven't scaled as quickly, but I feel a much deeper sense of connection to the audience that I do have. And I feel that they really, really get me. And I've always been more about, um, you know, how can I serve like the, like serve really well the smallest viable audience versus just like, I want to grow, I want to grow, I want to grow because I know that there's tactics for that. Um, And I just decided that that was not like what was important to me, basically.
0: Well, kudos to you uh, for that, because I think it's awesome. Um, I will say... uh There is, you and Chris Burka have been two really, really deep examples in my social media journey of keeping engaged with your audience. And one of the reasons is that I can't remember at what size I I started following and and discovering your work, but it was probably during our world tour in 2017, Mm -hmm. I would say. And Mm -hmm. I remember that seeing your your stuff and my wife was like look 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 that's like a super mall doing outdoor stuff it's really fun and and it looks also very real <laughs> <laughs> and i was like oh yeah that's true and um and chris burger i have been following him for a very long time but i remember he does reply to comments then one day i even dm me you know i dared and the guy even replied and my question was probably very annoying at the time Uh, because it was around gear. And nowadays I'm like, oh, another gear question. But (laughs) I was that guy at one point. And um, and I I remember even when I DM'd you, I I wasn't really expecting anything. And and you did reply to comments. You did reply. And I was like, wow, no matter how big you guys reply, even Gary replies to random comments. And I'm like, that's a good example that I want to foster for my own community versus... Uh, some people I know or friends like you you might be commenting five times or like you dm them and you know they see things but then just never like take the time to reply and it always makes me wonder why why are you here you know like what are you trying to share what what do you want to share so much if you don't want to connect yeah
1: yeah and I think different people also have like just different personalities and I think Chris and I share that sense of just like love for humanity Chris is Awesome by the way. He's just such a good, good human with like boundless energy, <laughs> it feels like.
0: He's still my number one podcast so far. <laughs> oh, that's
1: so awesome. Yeah, he is just his fantastic human. Um, and but I think we're both very blessed in the sense that, yeah, we're very energized by community and we're very energized by that interaction. Um, and like I just know I have some friends that are so deeply creative, but like aren't very good with people you know and that's like it's it's just like i do feel for them in a certain way because you know like they'll get dms and it's really overwhelming for them and it is overwhelming for me too but i i think i just see it as such like uh like yeah such a like a privilege i guess to um to connect with people in that way and and then it also comes down a little bit to context of like I probably I I have no idea what our first interaction was, but generally I'm responding to people who um, are are saying something either like really meaningful or are asking a question that they really don't have access to in any other format. So if it's just something that they could easily Google, like I'm personally just because I I do have limited time, I'm not going to respond to those ones because I'm like, "Mm, you're kind of just being a little lazy (laughs) Um, versus if it is something very uh, much that I could be of service and help them with, then I will take like, I'll try to take the time and like answer that. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. I just checked. First interaction was May 2018. First uh, real interaction is after I mentioned you in, in the story, actually, in October 2018, and then you were just like, oh, thank you, et cetera. And that opened the discussion uh, in the DM world. And that happens a lot with me also where like people send me stuff and I'm like, cool, I read it and that's it. And then something a little bit more meaningful comes out. And I'm like, oh, actually, you know what? That <laughs> you took the time to re- to write more than great. Yeah. <laughs> so le- let, me- let me take the time to reply more than great. Too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's all just an exchange of energy, right? You just want that to feel like... Um... Yeah, you just want that to feel like good and in alignment with like what someone's putting out there so if someone sends me like this thing about how i'm like you know like an example for their daughter and that she started doing her own beach cleanups and all this stuff i'm not just gonna be like oh great thumbs up you know it's like it (laughs) doesn't feel good so yeah
0: yeah okay let's let's talk a little bit about your the the creative uh photography side and, and maybe a little bit video where where do you feel like you're at in your photography? Do you do you feel like hundred percent empowered and 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 kind of like where do you stand? Do you shoot everything yourself, or are you are you working on? Actually, sorry, let's start again. I have the first question. I'm super curious. When you go out with photographers, let's say, and you yourself you edit your photos, you all even take your own photos, etc. But do you take their raw images and edit it yourself? Do you wait for them to do it and send it to you? What's how, what's your philosophy?
1: Yeah, so for me, I do take all the raws, and or a lot of times people are also shooting on my camera too. But for every photographer that I work with, I take the raws. We like double um, double back. Like I'll, I'll take one copy, they'll take one copy, obviously, and um, then I'll edit them and etc. That being said, as a caveat, that is very, very, very rare for the creative industry in some ways, Um, especially if someone is more trained as like classically as a photographer versus just like a social media personality. Um, Mm -hmm. And so like I, I wouldn't I just don't want people to go out expecting that of photographers because I don't think that that's by any means, the rule of thumb, um, I tend to shoot with the same kind of, like, group of people a lot, and we've built a rapport and a trust, and, um, they know that, like, I'm very respectful of the right, like, that I have those images, and that also it's just, like, I, I am running like a business as well. And I can't be like waiting for someone to send me photos or to be like editing in their style. Whereas like, I'm just very, very particular about how I edit. And, you know, I want that to like be reflected. And so, yeah, in general, that's, that's the way that I work is I am taking and keeping all the raws
0: that's that's good to to hear and and it's nice that you you explained that you build a rapport with those photographers I do have to say the first few times or even other like creative friends and we're like on trip and they're like hey can you give me the raws uh part of my photographer maybe it's because I used to work with like private clients and stuff and you would never give them raws always feels like I'm giving a little piece of my soul (laughs) i'm like uh please don't put a fake rainbow in my photo <laughs> no, 100%, uh,
1: and i think that's something that if you are starting out on this journey or you know as like i i'm someone who's kind of seen both sides of being behind the camera and in front of the camera as talent i just think that where whatever you are and however you are contributing to that creative vision it's like really nice to kind of like have some of those things discussed ahead of time even if or or to just after the fact, like check in with people and, and just make sure you're on the same page. Cause I definitely had growing pains with that and with not, um, you know, being on the same page with someone and having them feel offended or me feel offended or all those, you know, all yeah. those things have definitely happened in so many different forms. Um, so yeah, it's like, I, I totally feel, and know, um, know what you mean with that, but all comes down to communication.
0: Yeah, definitely, and also if you can trust, uh, like, if we were to shoot together, I know your your feed, I know how you edit. I'd be happy giving you the raws. Uh, some people I will be like iffy because I don't, I don't, I just don't like it, right? And and I just don't like the end result. And and it's like you're giving something that you like that you created, and then someone makes it ugly to your own eyes, and then you're like, oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but if that person, as you, if you have rapport and you like the style and everything, that's, that's good. Uh, I, I really like that. Where, what do you shoot with and, and like, what, what's your gear go-to right now? So
1: my gear go-to is the Canon 5D Mark 4 IV. Um, I've recently been just so in love with the 50 1.2. Um, I shoot, I'd say like a good portion of my photos on that lens, um, It's just so beautiful. And I think when I was more in like just shooting landscapes and stuff, obviously the 16 to 35 is an amazing lens and just great for all around kind of stuff. Um, But I've been, yeah, I've been really, I've been really, really digging the 50. Um, And then I have quite a lot of other gear. Uh, I think I have three other cameras, but uh, I would say 90, seven percent of my images are are from the 5d um and then for my drone i still really like the mavic air which feels like kind of sell to say because i was in the mavic air commercial <laughs> <laughs> but um but for me and and just the fact that i don't do a lot of like you know a lot of drone work um that one's just super portable for me to bring on hikes and stuff and weights like always a big just like issue for me being a smaller uh smaller girl and human being um but uh yeah so that's kind of like I'd say like my minimal kit would be um those two lenses my 5d body and and the air and it's kind of like ultra minimal
0: have you tried the USR yet
1: the what usr
0: the usr oh, no, no, yeah the muralist uh, your accent no? was like
1: the what the usr the... So <laughs> <laughs> um no i haven't actually um have you tried it
0: uh yeah i did once once it's a uh, it has a very good grip
1: oh that's
0: but it's much smaller i mean it's much it's a, it's a good amount smaller than the 5D Mark IV and lighter which i think wins
1: yeah i mean i think mirrorless is kind of the future it, it's i can't really see it going another direction to me it just makes more sense um but yeah i i did shoot a campaign for canon last year i guess that was using um a different mirrorless the M50 that they have and oh my gosh it was like a revelation traveling with that thing i was like it's like really I'm nothing in my backpack because i mean yeah the the 5d is like it's it's you know it's it's, it's hefty yeah. it, it it has some weight behind it which feels nice sometimes and i think yeah i feel like very like mm, look at my camera i got this but um but,
0: yeah <laughs> i'm the pro <laughs> <laughs> but
1: traveling with the with the m50 and shooting that um and i think that was maybe like yeah like it was quite a few months where I was pretty much just always opting to like only bring that camera a to just make myself shoot with it and be able to give um, better images and feedback for that campaign. But also because I really genuinely enjoyed it. And I still to this day recommend it to a lot of people if they're kind of um, more like, you know, have a beginner's interest or just amateur interest in photography. Um, it is just such a fun camera to use. And I had a, a lens that was in. 18 to 150 and I was like oh "Oh my gosh I never even have to change lenses this is amazing
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing a lot of people overestimate uh how much of an impact the camera will make Um, and having a smaller footprint is more important
1: 100% yeah I mean that was definitely one thing looking back that I wish I knew is like just it's really I don't want to say it's not, but it's, it's really not about the equipment. It's like, it's a hundred percent the ability to like tell a story or evoke an emotion or, you know, so many other things, but the gear helps obviously, but it's, it's, it's not the, it's not the full, full thing.
0: Yeah. I I felt it's, it's funny the higher level, let's call it the photographers or the videographers I've interviewed the less they're able to speak about gear and the more to just talk about story and how they want to <laughs> tell like stories of those people or like that's crazy story of of like empowering that that thing and that thing. And I, I just found it interesting because I mean I love gear, but more and more I distance myself from it in, in the sense where it's fun, but I want to share something that's a little bit deeper or or actually the most of my work I want to spend it in deeper things versus, uh, just worrying or thinking about the gear and, uh, it's it's an interesting discussion to to talk to like really famous people in that world and they, and they barely know what they're using yeah
1: that's such an interesting like lesson to 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 glean from having all those conversations um because obviously i only know my experience but yeah i mean i have like i said like three other cameras sitting back here and just i i have an entire gear closet that i'm so grateful and so blessed to have and over the years i think i've just Par down and par down and and use less even um, than than I used to and and once you kind of yeah find the system or find the things that work it's yeah you do get a little bit more divorced from that like gear excitement um, and and you're just like oh I just need tools like I need the tools to tell the story and if that means I need a, a gimbal stabilizer then cool but if I don't then. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to bring it, you know. Um, whereas I used to just get so excited about like, I want to have all the all the bells and whistles and all the things and I need all the things. So yeah, it's funny.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like in a way it's like life, you know, you try everything You tr- when you're a kid, every sport possible. I, I don't know, that was my life, but uh, <laughs> you try everything, like every kind of sport. One day you want to be a karate champion. The next day you want to try Kung Fu after it's mountain biking. And as you grow older, you start like honing down into just a few.
1: (laughs) For sure. I mean, I feel like I've been slightly opposite in the sense of, or actually, I guess I've always just, I carried that, that love of finding new hobbies for sure with me from childhood until now. Cause I feel like every year I'm just like, oh I'm going to try this hobby. I'm going to do this one now too. <laughs> but um but I totally get what you mean. Yeah, with um with other aspects of my life it is it's been a process of simplification and finding what works and and just kind of moving forward.
0: Did you uh on that note were you always Into the outdoors or like adventurous stuff or or is it something that came up later?
1: So I was always into the outdoors. Um, My parents are both like very active outdoor kind of people, uh, especially my mom. And so she had me hiking from when I was like really, really, really little. But it's funny, like... All the things that people know of me now, like free diving, slacklining, acro, highlining, uh, backpacking, like all those things, surfing even. I didn't start until, you know, in this last few years or in this last maybe like decade of my life. There weren't any anything that I was doing growing up. Um, so, yeah, I always had that like outdoor tendency. But the way it's come together now is like um, is very new to me.
0: So, that's awesome. So those are things that can grow and like uh, you can develop later on. it's It's interesting hundred oh,
1: percent. Yeah, I'm such a big advocate for, like it is literally never like ever too late to learn something new. And I know that's like so cheesy. But I really feel that, like, to my core um that that it's so true and like my mom is 64 now maybe even 65 gosh i should know this but she um <laughs> she uh, horseback rides and she's just getting into like barrel racing and um she just has this horse that she Wait barrel has, Yeah it's racing? kind of like a, like a form of um like a an event in rodeo where there's three barrels set up and you do it for time where you like you have to go as fast as you can without hitting the barrel down um and yeah there's like different events that you can do basically on horseback
0: okay i was like oh did did your mom go because there's like i've seen those like people put themselves into a barrel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just go down go down the <laughs> hill. I'm like, that sounds really extreme. That would be but-
1: hilarious. Oh my gosh. I just had such a great visual of my my mother with her blonde hair streaming in the wind, going down some like gnarly <laughs> ravine in a barrel. Oh gosh. Yes. I love it.
0: <laughs> so not, not, <laughs> not that, that one. one. She's not <laughs> that adventurous.
1: She's pretty adventurous. But um yeah. Uh-huh. but yeah, all these things like I've learned. It's like, I mean, acro I've learned in the past year and that's like, I, I'm so happy that I started sharing that journey when I did, when I kind of like sucked at it and highlighting the same thing. I like the first video I posted of it was me crying (laughs) and, um, and just to show that like in a year and two years, like you can make immense, immense, you know, progress and strides forward in these things.
0: Yeah, it's something, uh, I mean, Slackline you just mentioned is is that weird thing where you look at someone, walk on it, and you're like, oh, cool, let me try. And you think you will be able at least to stand on it. (laughs) And then you start shaking and fall. And you're like, how is that even that difficult? Like, what happened here?
1: Totally. That's like my favorite thing is when the first time people get on the line and like, I I specifically say like, okay, you have to try it at least once on your own because like, I want you to know what it feels like. And everyone will just get this look of like absolute horror. Like, what is my leg doing? Why is, why am I shaking like this? And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like everyone is like this and it's so awesome. And then, yeah, you have that whole like (laughs) arc where you're like, this is impossible. This is impossible. This sport is really stupid. I don't know why anyone does this. Like, oh, oh, wait, oh, wait, I think I just took one step. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm so hooked. This is so much fun. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's that's basically the learning curve summarized. That's true. That's amazing. I love how you're 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 sharing and advocating for the outdoors. Um, I've been surrounded in my life with both a lot of outdoors when I was a kid, Um, not the great outdoors, but my parents like would make sure that we always go in the forest or we go in the mountains or we'll go skiing or whatever, whenever possible. We've been very blessed to have those opportunities and it has a big impact on me now. So when I spend too much time in the city, I go crazy, mm-hmm. but um, I also have friends that they, they also define themselves of like, Oh no, I'm more of a city person. And in my head, I'm like, can't that change? And that's always <laughs> what I, I'm like, What do I have to do to show those people how fun it can be to do those things?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's like to each their own. But definitely, I, I feel you in like, just in my heart and soul. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at a tree right now because like, just nature and the outdoors make me so freaking joyful. And it's like, I couldn't even... Yeah, I couldn't even fathom a life where I couldn't be connected to nature in, in just, you know, so many different ways, shapes and forms and to the ocean. And I'm like you where I get like really grouchy if I haven't, you know, been underwater in a certain amount of time. And I try not to be, oh, but man. I'm just I'm like, oh. I just feel weird. I just don't feel good and I don't know why. And I'm like, oh, I just need to go swimming. Like, it's fine, you know. So, um, but, I Yeah. Well- <laughs>
0: I'm I'm going to be vulnerable for that one. My YouTube channel has been like around photography and stuff, but lately it's been a lot around city and street photography and I love it. But, but I have that fear at the back of my mind that I'm building an audience a lot around that and I cannot switch it or I cannot lean too much into what I also really love, which is outdoors and, and shooting underwater or whatever. And and it's it, it's it's interesting because it, it allows me to have the life I have right now, which is good. But part of me also wants to connect back to nature a little bit more. And I just love shooting on the water. I'm in Chicago mm. right now. So the lake is kind of freezing, but the water is clear blue yeah. turquoise, right? Oh, wow. It's weird. So when I looked at it the other day, I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I need to find a friend who is ready to go with me in the water. So... I want to go shoot underwater in Chicago, and and I have to find a model or someone who's ready to be in the water with me. That's going to be very difficult, but <laughs> because it's like freezing yeah. uh, water. But I'm like I really want to do that, and part of me is is just afraid that you know as I go forward, if I do too much of one thing, then I I cannot at least with the social media thing, it's it's going to be more difficult to to showcase other areas.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely know a lot of my friends that are in this, you know, or have very successful, uh, you know, social media businesses or online presence and they feel like a little trapped by the work that they've put out in the past and that they can't pivot, um, in, into a way that would feel really good to them. And yeah. And that's just really hard. It's a conversation I've, I've, you know, listened to, um, for so many people and, um, and is there a reason that like you've like do you just have a, a great interest or wider audience when you do those like street photography classes? Or I'm just like curious what the impetus is behind sharing that versus sharing like landscape photography?
0: Um mostly because I, I don't have right now I don't have access to to the nature as much as I want to, or I'm not in a position. We just got a baby in November. Oh, so <laughs> thank you we i'm not like it's it's been really intense if you ever think of one like yeah. <laughs> but uh <laughs> i'm just joking no actually it's true but uh the um, yeah it's it's just easy for me to do it right it's somewhere like i feel like cities at least for me is is like places where i always like find other people i can connect easily with like friends uh I don't have the circle that is like very outdoorsy. I haven't been able to build that circle. and that's also why I reach out to to uh, to people like you and I have them on the podcast, et cetera. So uh, selfishly at the back of my mind, I'm also trying to build that tribe where I can actually get inspired by, and that is not necessarily in what I'm doing every day here so that's my selfish answer well that's the best is when uh, we, like. Of...
1: what is it when we scratch our own itch right that's what, like tim ferris always advocates for is like doing things that are a little bit selfish in that in that way because it's knowledge that you want to have or something and i'm also mm-hmm. going to hold you accountable to doing that photo shoot in the lake because that would be so wild and so cool <laughs>
2: um
1: my friends actually live in chicago and they took this crazy drone shot when the lake had been um frozen over but then kind of like it was starting to break up and they basically took a drone shot of paddleboarding the lake with all these like kind of like icebergs i guess um and it was nice. so cool and you, you just never would have even guessed it it was in chicago you know um and people were blown away uh-
0: I might have to ask uh, ask you to put me in touch with your friend if they're ready to go into yeah, the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: I can I can put you in touch. I think one of them's now living in California, <laughs> but yeah, let's let's connect afterwards about that.
0: We'll, we'll find yeah. it. I know there are people surfing in in Lake for Michigan sure, in the winter, so sure. I will I will find for someone. Sure. Um, yeah, I will be accountable for it uh, and and do it anyway. Otherwise, it's one of those things that if I don't do it, I'd probably be like why am I living exactly, for exactly?
1: <laughs> exactly, do it? I think we, we all have so many, just so many beautiful ideas. And I like, I just want people to like myself included to just like take those. Yeah. Take those actionable steps to just like doing the things and getting them done. And it's, it's so such a reward in and of itself, just to like, um, have a creative goal and to execute it. And I think that's one of like my favorite feelings.
0: Do you have a 2020 theme or thing you want to lean into?
1: Ooh, this is a really good question. Um, there are a few things that I've I've kind of told myself um, that I want to be better at, but I don't think that that's so much your question. Um, I think my theme for this year is realizing... Um, that I, at the core of what I do, um, more than travel, more than adventure, more than anything else is I love creating communities and I love, um, enabling people that feel like they don't have that to connect like to other people, um, and to feel that sense of belonging and stuff. And I think that that's something that I'm really gonna lean into this year I just finished uh, recording a little video for um, a retreat that I'm about to launch uh, with a girlfriend and I'm super excited about that to kind of uh, be able to cultivate more in-person experiences and it's the same reason that I'm taking three weeks off and paying to do an acro yoga teacher training is because I want to be able to like take that knowledge back and teach it to my you know my community here in Hawaii and then also hopefully with, you know, other people around the world. Um, so yeah, just kind of like serving that, that idea is, is going to be, I think what leads me through this year.
0: That's amazing. Well, I think you, you're going to do really well at that and (laughs) I'm excited to see where it goes. Do you have, I'm going to be super mindful with your time, but do you have anything that helps you creatively like a go-to whenever you're like a little bit stuck or you need new ideas or you're like, I feel like I'm doing too much of the th- same thing. Where, what does your mind go? What do you do to to like can find something new? Mm,
1: that's great. Um, I think for me, so like when I'm feeling kind of burnt out, is that like...
0: Yeah, either you're burnt out or... I guess it's a form of burnt out or you might not be burnt out, but you're like a little stuck, you know, you're like, "Eh, I don't want to do that thing again. I want to, I want to find new ideas. What do do you, what do you go? Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess I've always just approached it with the idea of like, I'm going to like, I don't know, like shoot things that I'm excited about. Um, And I know sometimes, yeah, you can like find that excitement a little bit like, lacking and i think one of the <laughs> one of like the really conversely fun things that i've enjoyed doing is um shooting in just radically different environments than i normally would because i think i did get to a point where i was like all right here's a waterfall i'm gonna stand here this is gonna do like this it's the perfect rule of thirds <laughs> awesome cool check <laughs> next um that looks great Sorry, You know. um And it is really, you know, in a very strange way with, you know, with these beautiful mountain landscapes or beautiful everything, it starts to kind of look the same objectively. I, I still maintain like such a deep appreciation for nature, but just objectively, you're kind of, you know, scrolling through all your images, you're like, hmm, everything kind of looks the same. And so one thing that I've been trying to do and I've really implemented in this last year was just the idea that you can make art anywhere, um and so like even when conditions aren't good i'll be like well okay well what could i do that would like make this cool or what like you know prop could i introduce that would make this this more interesting and it kind of like enlivens the process for me um and and i'm actually been just like pretty baffled at the results that like some of my favorite images (laughs) have come from like these weird experiences and weird places and, you know, things that I never would have been like, Oh, I'm going to plan a trip around, you know, shooting at a truck stop in Louisiana. You, you just don't, <laughs> like you don't do those <laughs> things. But, um, but yeah, just, it's just really been tuning more into that idea of like, Oh, how can I like make this thing more unique or how can I contribute like my, more of like my, my thoughts and personality to this process versus just like showing up to a location and snapping a, you know, snapping a picture kind of a thing. Um, whether that is implementing more of a narrative or more of an emotion, you know, going back to storytelling as always, um, what's that meaning behind it? Or is it just, um, you know, like going on this road trip that I went on from Florida to Texas. And it was like, pretty random a lot of the times, but every day I was just kind of like, all right, it's super rainy out. It's super cold. A lot of the locations we wanted to go to, we're not going to get to go to. Um, how can I still like flex my creativity muscles every day? So it was like one day I was like, Oh, you interviewed Quinn on this podcast, right? yeah he's
0: he's the last one of 2019 and you will be the first one of 2020
1: oh my gosh so perfect so yeah that was like a really good example is going with Quinn and i um you know we have really different approaches on photography and stuff and and um (laughs) i think it kind of blew his mind some of the things that i wanted to shoot he's like you want to shoot what um but it was he was so game and it was so much fun and so like one day we went to a a thrift thrift store and got like you know just looked through like what kind of different you know things that we could get as like props for this uh location that we were going to and and really that made the shoot so much fun for me was you know I found this like vintage suitcase and that became like a central part of the the shoot and like the driving force of the shoot versus just like showing up to this tree tunnel that's sort of like everyone's already shot and and just kind of like doing the same thing. You know, it was just like, what's that little 5% extra that I can put in that will, even if it's just to make me feel more excited about the process.
0: That's, all, that's really interesting. Uh, that suitcase photo for everyone, you can just see it on Instagram. I remember seeing it. And I thought it was really cool. Uh, and now that we talk about it again, reminds me of, walter Mitty, mm-hmm. the movie um or with the accent the, i don't know the how it is, with the right walter accent yes. correct <laughs> <laughs> yes and I, I think i remember like the poster has a guy with a suitcase that's completely out of place compared to the the environment and um your your shot now i think about it like kind of links that i'm not saying it looks like it it's just links those parts which is kind of funny how the mind works but it, I, I love what you're saying. Do you have an, an example of something that you would do on a rainy day if you were home or something you did where you're like really impressed by the result? Mm,
1: um, I think one, well, on that same, um, on that same trip, one that we did was, um, I actually like, <laughs> I made a, a. Oh, well, where I was impressed with the result. Okay, this one was a complete failure. So I guess I'm not going to talk about that one. But it was really fun to shoot. I made a shirt out of leaves. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. Please, 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 please talk about it.
1: Um. Well, yeah, one of the days I was like really inspired by all the um, the foliage and stuff around. It was kind of like the end of fall at that point when we were taking the road trip. And so I was like, oh, hey, can we just like pull over and find a bunch of really cool leaves? And I, I you know, as we're driving, I spent like an hour taping the leaves all to my like upper body and face. And, um, and yeah, we just took like a bunch of like leaf portraits. Um, we found a truck stop. I think it was in Alabama, but it had this really cool yellow, um, tree out front that like all the leaves had fallen down. So it's like 40 degrees. It's start, you know, that's in Fahrenheit. So that's probably just above zero in Celsius. And um, I'm like laying in the front yard of this truck stop with all these leaves covering me. And it was like, it was just so much fun to shoot and to like, figure out different, you know, things with like the contrast of the leaves and the shapes and, um, and my body or different things. So yeah, that was super fun. It I didn't end up even like really doing anything with the photos, but it was just something that was like. such a fun thing to do on a rainy day. Um, and I think it's like, you can try just like being, being so willing to try to experiment with, um, and like be really actually like purposeful in trying different things. Um, so don't like, it's so easy for me to go out and shoot like really clear underwater, you know, Images or whatnot with like beautiful, just like sand and things. But probably my favorite underwater image that I've uh, been part of lately is on that same trip. Uh, it was like in the swamps in Florida. It was super super oh. murky, like l- like <laughs> literally like a few feet of visibility. We had gone there to actually shoot photos with manatees, um, and then kind of didn't know that um, there's certain rules that they don't they they don't really want you diving down with the manatees you can kind of like I guess hang out near them and snorkel but they don't want you like diving down and there were just like not really many Mm -hmm. manatees around anyway so we were like you know a lot of people would be like oh that was a bust like we didn't get anything we didn't you know whatever but um I sort of asked Josiah uh, another photographer friend who was with me like hey like you know do you think we could just like let's just like try to shoot something right here and he's like I don't know the clarity is really bad I'm like yeah I know but he was you know he was game for it and he kind of looked and he was like oh you know this this grass is kind of cool it's kind of a cool texture and we're like yeah you know that's I mean it was the only thing around was this grass it's like t- this like textured seagrass um but we ended up taking these very like dreamy kind of surreal um underwater images that we only got one usable frame one usable frame because there was like stuff floating in the water there were bubbles there was just i mean yeah the clarity was not ideal but it's one of my favorite images and that purely came out of like a curiosity and a willingness to like experiment in these conditions that like were very not ideal in a lot of ways
0: it's like um Trying when it's not ideal is the best way to succeed at something that <laughs> you haven't expected.
1: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and I think in, in, in all these lessons, a big thing for me has just been like the people I surround myself with because it can get, you know, a little like, like, I don't know. Yeah. Just tiring. If you feel like you're doing the same thing over and over. Um, and I've just been super grateful to have people that are like, um, so down to like just try these weird different ideas um and then and then also on the flip side taking time to just go shoot solo and throw on a you know like a I have like a lens that's a 150 to 600 and I had never used it really and it was oh, like yeah. you know for the things I'm shooting like realistically like what am I going to use that for a lot of times and I just went out one super rainy afternoon by myself and and was like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to shoot these waves and this is kind of cool. And then I just got, I got, I mean, I got so excited in this process that I literally, my, I like was running around so much that everything fell out of my pockets and I had to go like collect them on the beach later. Cause I was like, wow, <laughs> photography is fun again, you know? Um, so I think I know everyone does get burnt out or sometimes we feel like we're shooting the same things, but, um, if you can either like lean on the people around you or, you know, just radically change something up. That's your, you know, your lens or the environment or whatever it is. um, And just know that like that spark will come back.
0: That is the best advice. It happened to me yesterday with the snow. So yeah, you were so excited. I love (laughs) that. I I just ran out and, and that's going to be actually a video for me on YouTube and uh, whether it does well or not, I don't, I don't really care, but uh, the excitement will definitely shine through. I think in the video, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it's good to reconnect and and just try things that that might not work or, or or just do them not because you think it's gonna look good but just because you want to have fun and I think with Sotafi especially maybe nowadays more than back in the days because we have so many examples of great photos like we're inundated with like good stuff it makes you feel like you're you you cannot take you should not take a bad photo or you should not share anything that is not perfect or, or visually appealing. But in actuality, this is the the fun part for me at least. A
1: hundred percent, yeah. And I mean, I think I only share you know point zero one percent of the photos that I take, and so many of them are just for like for the joy or for figuring things out or that they just didn't work or it was just a learning experience, you know? Um, But yeah, we have so many, so many examples of great photos and of, you know, landscapes of beautiful things that I think it does get really easy to kind of like fall into that thing of feeling like that should be your style or that that is something that you should kind of like replicate or do the same thing as. And um, yeah, I would just, like I follow a lot of like weird you know like kind of just like very artsy accounts that don't even really shoot like quote-unquote like the Instagram style because I find more inspiration from from that and from paintings and from you know just books or whatever it is that um, that I actually get like so much more inspiration from from people that are doing things that are a little weird and a little different
0: yeah I if I if I'm if I'm correct you know Sorrel more I think you you guys spent time together (laughs) and uh, yeah I remember I, I messaged and discovered her like before she blew up on YouTube just before that like three days before she blew up and after I never got to meet her but I remember we were both in Bali and I started seeing her accounts and what she was doing and I was like wow that's in a way that was different because it ra- reminded me a lot more to what I would used to look at in the fashion world or like when I wanted inspiration for shooting with client where it was very edgy or or just like very artistic mm-hmm. in a way I, I use that word because I don't know how to define it but and I remember she really leans into it whether or not it's instagrammable or whether or not like people like it it doesn't I feel like she's she's a little bold with with her photography which is really refreshing for for the social media um, environment that I I evolve in I'm sure there is another again it's just like everything I'm sure there is another scene that is all about it but in the one that I evolve I don't see that that much so uh, I think it's great
1: oh 100 yeah we're so like in a sense like siloed these days because yeah you like a certain thing and then the algorithm will give you more of that and give you more of that until the point that you're kind of like just tra- trapped by your own things that you like, you know, and it's hard to get kind of a fresh perspective or get out of that. And yeah, that's one thing I've always just so admired about her and been really inspired by is, um, you know, when I'm shooting around her or something, just the fact that she, yeah, just the way her approach to photography is so it was so radically different than mine. And she, you know, sees like an old dock with some textures, and she's like, Oh, this is great. This is amazing. I'm like, Really? I don't I like don't see anything, you know? And and she's yeah, yeah, it's just it's cool to to see um what inspires different people. And I think that's been such a amazing, amazing blessing in my life and in my career is having access to so many different people and so many different, you know, kind of genres of photography that are, you know, kind of more purely landscape or more commercial or, you know, self portraiture and fashion. And, and it's just neat. Uh, It kind of reminds me of uh, I went on this hike with a, um, with a guy that is, he specializes in harvesting wild um, like wild flowers and wild wild like leaves and things to make into like perfumes and hydrosols and and this is like a little bit of a weird tangent was going to come full circle um and we went on this hike that i to me i'm not lying it was like visually the least interesting hike of my life but it was so fascinating to be (laughs) with him because he is over there like telling me about the three different kinds of sage. And then this, the smell of this dirt and, um, why this berry is this way because of this bird. And it just, the nuance that he saw in that environment was, it was like looking at this place with a completely, completely different set of eyes. And you notice things that I, I wouldn't have ever noticed, you know, purely through someone else's perception of, of this thing or of this place. And, um, I've always tried to like remember that when i'm in a place where i'm like oh, there's like there's no angles or there's no the light sucks or the there's no you know good photos to be had here i'm like no that's just my perception of the place because someone else could be here and it would be their like their their heaven you know and i try to just kind of channel that and and know that there's always something to something to see or something to discover in that moment
0: that's 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 amazing it's something that is in a way it's like change you you want to change your universe start by changing your eyes and how you see the universe and it's so true like in life but especially like for photography i so i I started um i think last year i built a, a class a course over 30 days And it's interesting because the only thing that I thought that I I was like, okay, there's all these courses on photography, which is great, you know, but very classic, like, whoa, what does this do? What's this gear? How do you do that? (laughs) Literally my first week of the class has no camera. (laughs) I'm like, like, guys, throw your camera away. I don't want to see a phone. I don't want to see anything. I want you to change your eye. And once you change your eye and you're able to perceive all those like nuances in light the photography the the images that or the stories that you might see will change drastically and then that's and you've seen it you hang out with someone who's like picking up wildflowers, and he sees something different and you're like wow interesting then you hang out with the photographer who does street and you'll see him look at things very differently than a landscape photographer but if you're able to change your eyes and pick those nuances then I think that's when you're able to create better or or have more ease in creating even in boring places 100
1: yeah i just i yeah i just resonate with that so much because it it's like yeah i never wanted to be in a place and it's just like oh it's just like not worthy or whatever and it really photography has made me like Just appreciate things either like at the, you know, little like macro level or or whatever it is that there's always something to see and to notice. And then that's kind of translated, I think, in, like you said, just the way that I look at life and um, that like every moment can be infinitely beautiful.
0: <laughs> if something's not interesting, look exactly. closer. <laughs> exactly. Look
1: farther, understand more of the story, ask a better question. Like it's 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 all on us, you know. Every every person, every place is is interesting. Um it's just yeah, like what lens are you looking through? So, yeah.
0: That's amazing, Chelsea. I think we can leave people with that because I, <laughs> I think we've been going on for a very <laughs> long time and I, I want to be super mindful with your time. I think it's very interesting. So let's keep sharing. I just want to ask you where should people find you online and what do you want to leave them with? Maybe a thought for the weekend or an action? Oh,
1: gosh. Um, so well, I'll go with the easy one <laughs> big <first>. responsibility,
0: <laughs> your weekend presented by Chelsea. Um,
1: you can find me at Chelsea Kauai. That's Chelsea K-A-U-A-I on Instagram. Um, that's probably the best, the best place. Um, I also have a private telegram group where we chat, um, daily about creative struggles and about, um, just like different Pain points in our lives and challenges, um, even outside of creativity, more around uh, mindfulness and self growth. So there's a link on my uh, in my bio on my Instagram to join in on that, which is kind of like I'd say the thing I'm most excited about right now is just being able to connect in that way with people. Um, and then, gosh, I mean, we've had a hundred minutes of of uh, of talking and wisdom that we've laid down here. I'm trying to like pull one thing to leave people with but um i don't i don't even i don't even know i would say i just have to go back to my um my roots of i just hope everyone out there listening feels empowered to be constantly practicing courage and know that you can show up in this world and you can create in whatever capacity you desire so from a from a small girl on a small island um it is all possible
0: Thank you so much, Chelsea. I think that's full circle. (laughs)
1: Thanks, Pierre. Have an amazing day.
0: Wow, thank you so much for listening. I'm very grateful for your time and for Chelsea's time. So please, everyone, go say hi to Chelsea on her Instagram. Leave her a big comment. Tell her what you thought of the podcast. Maybe tag her in your Instagram stories when you're listening. All that, all that. You know, share the love. I'll see you. Talk to you in the next episode. If you're new here, make sure you subscribe. And voila, have an amazing day. Get out there. Go shoot. Try something different. Try something new. Thank you so much for listening. Before you go, would you like to receive once a week a free short email with my top five inspirations, photos with settings, gear I've loved, and what I've been watching, reading, or listening to that really inspired my work and my life lately? If you want it, just go to pierretilember.com for such top five and you will be in. Every week, you will receive that short email. To set- Before you go, quick question. Would you like to receive twice a month for free my top five email. It's an email that I craft with love and passion in which I share what inspired me recently, books and film that had an impact on me, but also things I've been thinking about, gear, tips, and photos that I absolutely love. If that resonates with you, if you wanna peek into that universe, please join thousands of other readers, sign up for free at ptl.fm forward slash top five. That's ptl.fm forward slash top5. Thank you so much and have a beautiful day. Remember, try something different, try something new. you off on the good vibe for the weekend and inspire you. Now, with that being said, have an amazing day. I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye.